0: All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 360 Sports Show. Coming to you live through Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. Thank you for finding us here on a Sunday morning, a gorgeous Sunday, June thirteenth, 2021. I am Aidan Fazelli. He is Christian Lauber. You can reach us anytime in the comments section of the live streams or by emailing the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com. We've got tons to get to. We're going to run through the NHL, the NBA, some NFL news, and whatever else uh, you'd like to discuss with us. So hop in the comments section. And- and uh, away we'll go. So, uh, Christian, uh, how you doing? And where do you want to start here? Because I know we've got a lot of stuff that we want to like gah, dissect, pull apart, vent on, um, on across the board. So, uh, dealer's choice here with where we're going to begin. Yeah, uh,
1: doing all right. It's not. It's nice today. We got some sunshine, so that's good. Um, and I think we should just start. Uh, there were some NBA games last night. I think we should start NBA.
0: All or right. NBA game, I guess. NBA game, yes. So I think last night's game was the Clippers um, are able to even, or they, they get a game back. I almost said even because that's, that series feels it's 2-1 Utah. Um, Utah should be the better team. Donovan Mitchell hobbled. Uh, yep. and And the Clippers in game two, I thought, found something, which they're able to carry over. They found something in their defense. And they're going to need that to beat Utah because Utah has obviously been the best team wire-to-wire wire here this year. Um, and so they find a way. Hey, Utah handled their business. You come home. You win game two. Now it's about winning and going win game three. Clippers, at least this year, have shown to be a different bunch than last year. They're a little more resilient. I mean, they were down to Dallas. Easily could have folded in that series. They come back and win. They're down in this series. They could they could come back and win. Uh, you got Kawhi Leonard, best defensive player in the league. I'd say, when he wants to be, I feel like he kind of shied away from Luka a little bit, which upset me. That was a little LeBron stuff where he just like, no, 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 I'll let somebody else take the, the tough matchup. Um, yeah. But Kawhi, you know, they've, they've answered the bell here in game three. Uh, if Mitchell's going to be hobbled and not 100% and they're going to play their defense, Clippers are right back in this series. Um, I don't know if you have any other further thoughts on that, but I feel like as far as the series go, that's the only one that I think is going to have any juice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, when you look at it, for sure. I mean, it, it's going to be a close series. I would say six or seven games, for sure, just based on how the two teams play. And, you know, like you mentioned, I think the Clippers found themselves a little bit. It's just a matter of whether they want to be engaged or not. So uh, there are nights when they don't really care, and then there's other nights where they're fully engaged and Kawhi goes off. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that should be a close series. Other than that, it's going to be, you know, your standard. As as far as it goes right now, your standard Sixers, Bucks. Uh, or Sixers, Nets, um, 40th slip there, and then uh, looks like Phoenix is you know destined for for something here this year. Yeah. And on the other side, so
0: yeah, we'll talk about Phoenix in a second. Um, last note on this Clippers team though, people like people like to disparage Ty Lue for just not really being a coach. <laughs> like, okay, oh, you have some star talent, and you want to like fire your head coach who's actually trying to coach a team, and just bringing a guy. Oh, get Ty Lue. Um, yeah. That that's kind of been the mo with him. Um, I'll say this: Game two, where they turned that game around and made a comeback, and that's what's led into their momentum for Game three. They went to a zone defense. Guess what? Players on the court don't say, "Hey guys, let's go like this pickup. Let's go zone. We go in zone, right? Let's go zone this this yeah. this time." No, 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 no. That's a coaching decision, and it paid off. So we like people like to hate on Ty Lue. I'll give him a little little golf clap here. He saw something. He had his moment. Uh, and, and, and made his adjustment. Um, obviously, it's then up to the players from there. But I just wanted to get that in. People like to pe- people like to give Ty Lue some grief. And I think that was a coaching de- decision uh, that, that made a difference. Um, you mentioned it, Phoenix and Denver. Honestly, I got to say, I'm a little surprised that Denver has looked this hapless. Um, I guess maybe it's to be expected. Their backcourt is injured. You know, no Murray. Uh, I mean, they just got Barton back, but, you know, he's not 100%. So maybe we just expected more out of Denver because of how they handled Portland and just being one of the better teams on the rise here. Um, I think with Murray out, you wanted more from Jokic. Like, Jokic has still done his thing, but you wanted him to kind of do more, be an MVP, you just got your trophy. Kind of need you to score more, bud. Uh, I mean, he, he, he does his thing, like he gets in there and, hey, if you've got Jamal Murray to drop 50 or 40, hey, you can get 18 points, 12 boards, 13 assists, and do your thing. If if Jokic isn't going to look to score, um, which will open up other players, their shooters that they still have, Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, the series is over. Nobody's come back from 3-0, so it's over. But if they want to make it interesting, I certainly think they have the talent to make it interesting. Uh, and we'll see how Phoenix handles themselves as a young team in this spot. but I mean, Young
1: team, but they do have Chris Paul. So. Who has
0: been – talk about, it's I mean, what good. he's done the past two years, right? I mean, they, yeah. you could easily make the case for Chris Paul for MVP. What he did with OKC last year and what he's doing now with the Suns, absolutely amazing. I mean, the guy's still got his own game, but just yeah. you could see the calm that he plays with. In the game. He knows exactly what to give a game. when. He, oh, I'm just going to rock this guy to sleep. Hit a little mid range. His mid range game is just such a, such a throwback. It's for Yeah. Pure. Um, yeah. Chris Paul's been unbelievable. And also, he's
1: helped a guy like Devin Booker, who has been one of the best players in the playoffs, if not the best player in the playoffs, uh, because he can do pretty much everything for, like, in place of Booker, right? So Booker doesn't have to carry the ball 100 times a game. He doesn't yeah. have to facilitate and find that open guy. Chris Paul can draw two in the paint, kick to Booker, and Booker's got an open shot. And it just frees him up a lot more.
0: Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Ayton has really asserted he's been himself more too. too. Yeah. He's been a beast um, uh, at the rim on both ends of the floor. Um, and then you got guys just filled out with you got Jay Crowder. I mean, who's just like that. A Jay Crowder is like the perfect person to have on a team like that. You know, hey, play defense, hit some corner threes. That's it. Uh, and he's, you know, an intangible guy. We knew that when he was here in Boston. Um, and he's just made a career for himself now bouncing between, I mean, he's only uh, played
1: on 74 teams, so, yeah.
0: but, but he's made his career a career out of just being oh, that yeah? guy, a heart and hustle three and D guy. And, and if you're going to win a championship, you need those guys, um, to accept roles.
1: He's got a little attitude too, which is kind of nice for, for at least some teams, right? Some teams need that.
0: Yeah. He gave LeBron a little, little salsa dance. Yeah. Then yeah. He promptly yep. got ejected. It's like, oh, <laughs> soft officials. Come on now. What are we? What are we well, doing? LeBron. Yeah. You can't do that to LeBron. Boo hoo. Um, so yeah, Suns are up three, nothing. That series is going to be over by the time we come on the airwaves uh, next Sunday. Um. These ne- other two series in the East. I mean, listen, I think Philly is the better team and they should beat the Hawks. They lost game one because Trey young went off. Um, and I think maybe Philly just wasn't expecting that much of a fight out of Atlanta. Um, and uh, Philly won the next two. Um, Tobias Harris has looked like a beast, a two-way beast. And Bede is just living in the post. Um, taking jump shots when he has to, but living in the post. And they haven't been. In, in games two and three, they were not tight games at the end where they had to take Simmons off the floor to like, oh, you know, what do we do? Who do we give the ball to now? Yeah, We'll see if they're in a tight game. That's really where the Sixers kind of come unraveled because you're – point guard can't be on the floor (laughs) because they're just going to follow him. (laughs) Yeah. And he's going to brick free throws. So um, they've been lucky to not have to have been in that situation. Game two um, or I I think it was game two or was it game three? It was game two. Shake Milton dropped like 20-something points in like the third quarter saving the Sixers season um, which is typical Doc Rivers. There's always that one guy like a guy, hey, you're riding the pine, but Hey, Nate Robinson, I'm going to call on you and you're going to drop me 18 points in a playoff game and you're going to help us win a series in one game. That happens all the time. Marquise Daniels. Oh, you haven't played for, you know, like a year and a half, but I need you to come in right now in game three and D up LeBron and then like also score like 18 points with Keon dueling. Like got to have that guy, right? There's always those random guys that step up in big moments. It seems with, with that happens all the time, but it seems like doc always tells those guys, listen, be ready. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be in the playoffs. We're going to need you be ready. And it's, it's happened repetitively for him throughout his career as a coach um, with the bench guys. Yeah. I um, thought JJ
1: Reddick was pretty good for them, but Seth Curry has been even better than, yes. than Reddick and he can play a little bit more D a little more size. Uh, and he's been a key guy for them, to be honest with you, because he's a guy that can just sit in the corner and then you have Harris, you know, and bead obviously is if he's going to be the best player on the floor, if he wants to be the best player on the floor, Sixers are going to have a hard time finding a way to lose, uh, and since that first game, I mean, it's been all Sixers. They they've blown them out two games in a row here, one in Atlanta. So you have Game Four in Atlanta, and then you go back to Philly. So if Atlanta wants any hope of of gotta making even this up. thing a series, they got to win tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you look at it though, for for Atlanta, I mean, John Collins last game twenty three, uh, Bogdanovich nineteen, Trey Young twenty eight. You expect that. Gallinari gave them 17. That's it. That's all they're scoring. I mean, yeah. Kevin Herter's a guy that can fill it up and just hit a bunch of threes. Lou Williams, oh my gosh, is he just feeding on wings? Is that it? Is he packed it in? Eight points, I think. Was he? Yeah, Lou in eight points. Yeah. not I mean, very effective. That's a guy that that's that's a guy when he was with Doc in in L.A. Oh, come off the bench and drop 30. and that, yeah. he wasn't like a out of nowhere role player doing that, but. Surprising to see him have, you know, some poor performances. So, the Hawks have the ability; they have the shooting. If they get up and can be in a tight game with Philly, like I said, you start to make them think, "Oh, what do we do with Simmons?" And No, oh, no, and you kind of shake up what they have to do. But if Philly gets out in front, it's it's over. And again, this series is likely going to be over uh, by the time we take to the air next week. Oh yeah. Um, the other series, last series remaining here. Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Brooklyn got up 2-zip. Milwaukee won Game 3, kind of, I think, by luck. The Nets shot horribly. And the Bucks, I think, kind of took themselves out of the game for a while there. They had like 30-something points in the first quarter. The final of that game, let me see, what was the final of that game? 86-83. 86-83. So you only scored like 50 points over the next three quarters. In today's NBA... That's abysmal. And I watched that game. It was not all world-level defense. It was just ugly. And the most disappointing thing, and we've been saying this on this show, people think I'm a Giannis hater. No, I'm a Giannis emboldener. I want to see Giannis become what he should be. And instead, I'm watching him like, dribbling slowly between his legs. There's a funny tweet. It was like, Giannis doesn't have a bag. It's just him, like, dribbling, nodding his head. And then yeah. try- and Blake Griffin's just standing there, like, okay. And then no. he just, like, backs up to half court and then just runs right at Blake. And Blake just, like, knocks it away. Uh, Giannis took eight threes. What are you doing? How many did he make the, paint? the left key? One. One for eight. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Nice. What are you doing?
1: He's trying to Get- be a- He's. Tr- He's trying to be in every, you know, he's trying to be the MVP of the league. He's trying to he's do trying everything. He's trying to be Durant. He's... He sees Durant
0: yeah. doing it on the other end. It's just never been your game, dude. Back Durant in. Yes, he's got length, but like he's the strongest, biggest person on the court. And he's dancing around beyond the three-point line. If I'm Giannis, you know when I
1: start shooting threes? The offseason. Because the playoffs is not the time to start going, you know, one for two. 10 from three yeah. or one from eight, or one for eight, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Is he done. needs to either develop yeah. that three-point shot in the offseason, like you said, and actually become a shooter or just stop taking them.
1: Yeah. Drive to the basket and kick to Middleton or, or Holiday or whatever you need to do. All they do is shoot threes anyway, Brooklyn, uh, Milwaukee. So all you have to do is drive and kick, and you'll get in, you know, somebody somebody will be open most likely.
0: Yeah. So that's been disappointing is, like I said, the Bucks aren't who we thought they were. <laughs> We thought yeah. that this would be a tight series. Now, hey, it's two one. They play today. Milwaukee could easily find a way here, and it's two two. And now, maybe you make the Nets think a little bit. You know, and Durant even admitted after game two, they won that game, and he, and they somebody asked him about like people have said that you guys still have to get used to your newness and playing with each other. You know, do you feel like today you've gotten past that? Because they like shellacked them. It was yeah. it was a blowout. Yeah, 86. In game, in game two. People were complaining, Giannis only played 30 minutes. It's bogus. It's like they were down 50. There's no sense in playing a guy like Giannis or Middleton in the fourth quarter of that game and having them yeah. wreck an ankle or something, and then it's your season's over. It's one game. It's done. Just move on. Um, so they won game three, but they asked Durant about, like, oh, have you guys gotten past your newness now? And he was like, no, we're still working on it. No, it's still not there yet. I don't feel like we're exactly where we where we could be. You know, we're playing well. So that's he's even freely admitting that's still something that they have to deal with. They get into an actual tight series here. Maybe we'll get more of what we thought we would get. The
1: only series. thing, I mean, the only thing they have, the you know, going against Milwaukee is that they're not on home court because you know Milwaukee's sure. a pretty tough place to play. It's loud there, and they and they feed off that most uh, most notably. But you know, coming back to Brooklyn now. I mean, you have one more game in Milwaukee and then you got to go back to Brooklyn and you got to win two games. If it's going seven or something like that to make it a close series, you got to win two in Brooklyn. I don't like your chances on that.
0: Yeah, but I'd like to see the screws put to the nets because frankly, I mean, I love Phoenix. Um, Utah's great, but I don't see any team other than the Clippers, maybe, because you got Kawhi that could defensively do anything to the Nets. And if you're just like the Suns and the Nets would be fun, God, the scores of that game are gonna be like one fifty to one forty five. Yeah. Um if there's any team that has somebody that can check Kevin Durant, because that's the guy you gotta stop. Harden is just gonna get what he wants. He's gonna get to the line and he's gonna just shoot obnoxious threes. And you really can't even stop it. I mean if he's want- playing. If he's playing. Um and same if it's Kyrie, if it's just Kyrie and Durant. I mean Kyrie yeah. is going to find ways to, to to get into the paint and get his get things going. You need to slow down Durant. You can't just let Durant go nuts. Um cuz he's the guy that'll go nuts. Good luck. Kawhi is the only guy that I think could play Agreed. and at least make life hard. But, but the Clippers probably are probably the Clippers probably can't get out of the West. I don't think they're going to get they might not get past Utah. And even if they do, the Suns are just on such a like other level right now. But the Suns could easily sweep Denver, and Utah would be a tough series. But if they played the Clippers, if the Clippers find a way to come back, you wouldn't – I'd be picking the Suns. I'm picking the Suns the rest of the way here. I think the Suns are going to make the finals. But I think the Suns would get run off the floor by the Nets because of Durant. They don't have anybody. I mean, do you think Mikhail Bridges is going to stop Durant? I don't.
1: No, I don't think anybody one-on-one will stop Durant except maybe Kawhi. And that's probably it. And if you
0: switch, you. at least you got Paul George's at least got some length. to. Length. I would give Ben
1: Simmons a chance, but I don't think even he. That would be interesting. You know. that,
0: that is a wrinkle. I mean, we're just assuming the Nets would get past the Sixers. Um, that would have to be a knockdown dragout series. That would have to be a, like, we're playing yeah. in the 80s. Like, it ain't going to be pretty, but we're just going to have a. What did Kevin Garnett say after a game, like, 2012? They played the Magic. They, asked, like, they were down, like, 26, came back and won. Craig Sager asked. Got <laughs> that, you know what was this game like tonight? Like, this game was like a bar fight. <laughs> Ask Chuck, he been in a bar fight. This was a yeah. bar fight tonight. Um, that's what it would have to be. The Sixers would have to get into a bar fight with the Nets in order to win. Only shot. I give him a chance. So I mean, are you is what's what's your finals prediction right now? I'm going Phoenix Brooklyn. That's that's what I'm feeling.
1: Um, Brooklyn Clippers. I, until I see the Clippers lose, I just like I have to go with the talent level there. I mean, they never seem to put it together, so I don't have faith that they'll actually do it. It would be nice to see Utah or the Suns. I would take either of those teams in the final. Be refreshing to see a team like that, young yep. team, some Two star power, teams, pretty much. Um, yeah, and you still have stars that that are kind of budding in the league, like Devin Booker's on his way to being you know top ten, top fifteen player in the league if he's not already there. Yep. So. It would be nice to see one of those teams. I just like I just I feel like Kawhi gets in one of these situations where he's down two one in a series or down and then he comes back and wins. He's just it's just his track record.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. A lot of that a lot of this will I mean, these series are heading the game fours, so uh all of these series could be done uh by the time we get to the air uh next week. So Let's move it along. If you still have any uh, NBA thoughts or any thoughts on anything that we're talking about or questions or something, you want to bring up something completely different, uh, hit us up through the comment sections of all the live streams. We're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. You can reach us there. You can reach us at the email, the360sportsshow at gmail.com. And you can also, if you can't catch us live and you're listening to this as a podcast, which goes out through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from, You can uh, send us an email throughout the week as well. And uh, we do have an email from the week that we'll get to at the end uh, about the Olympics, which (laughs) might be in even more jeopardy still. Uh, But we'll get to that at the end when we get to the mailbag. Um, For now, let's transition to the NHL. Uh, And we'll start with the New York Islanders (laughs) uh, defeating the Boston Bruins, or something approaching the Boston Bruins, because I'm gonna say this Christian the more I think about it, the Boston Bruins were not on the ice on uh, on what was that Wednesday uh, versus uh, versus the Islanders. That was an amalgamation of like half the team because <laughs> Tuca's playing with what torn rotator cuff in his hip,
1: labrum, and, torn labrum, or
0: torn labrum in his hip, uh, and your decor was so decimated that uh, it was just it was a fatal flaw um, when you look at the guys that they were missing and what they were replacing yeah. it with. So I won't say that the, the Boston Bruins lost to the Islanders. I'll say something approaching the Boston Bruins lost to the Islanders. Um, but let's start with Rask. He's hurt. The team knew it. He's been dealing with it. He wanted to play. I give Tuca all the credit in the world. People, mm-hmm. not me... in in this situation this year, but in the past people have questioned, people like to question his heart, his desire. How much does he want? Is he a winner? Here, Mike Felger doing that on the radio. You can't win with this guy. He's a loser. People are doing that. He showed guts and gumption to want to go out there and play, not pack it in when he Mm -hmm. easily could have. The problem is that when you're the goalie, losing five or 10% of your ability if it's at conservative best is a huge difference. That's the difference of your pad being on the ice or this much off and a puck going under it. If you can't get that leg down all the way and that's a goal. Um, I think Tuco went out there and gave you the best he could. I don't think he was the biggest problem in that game, but starting with that, do you have major issues with Bruce Cassidy going with him instead of, and for the whole game, not just, hey, start Tuca to get through the first period and then go to Swayman, which I thought was something that could happen. Um, yeah. But going with Tuca the whole game, knowing that he was hurt, and just saying, like, well, you're our guy, so, yeah, we'll let you go play banged up as the goalie. Not as a forward, not as a demon, gutting it out on the ice back. But as the goalie, do you have issue with Bruce Cassidy? Yes. Uh,
1: this is not a Tuca issue. Let me be clear on that uh you know i have for one been on the side of things where well i just think ras can't get it done in big spots because that's his track record let's be honest you know uh to be fair to him this is not a him problem he wanted to play through an injury give him all the credit in the world for that you you know you see, you hear countless times people say he's not tough he's not going to play through it he's not going to play through this uh he chokes he does this this is not a, a Tuka Rask issue. Uh, this is a team-wide organization thing where, for whatever reason, I have to believe that this is on from the top down that they wanted. To me, anyway, right? Bruce Cassidy makes the the ultimate decision. But for me to think like Cam Neely and those guys weren't involved in this decision, uh, I just feel like would be wrong. Because I, I don't feel like you make a decision like this um, just solely on yourself or your other coaches or anything like that because to me if the guy wants to play sure you can get him ready to go but what gives you the best chance to win you know i don't think putting tukarask in game five or game six based on the eye test that we saw you gave yourself the best chance to win because i think the kid can play a little bit and jeremy swayman so and we saw that in the regular season now the playoffs are a different animal but also what happens if swayman's in there for game five or game six he came in the third period gave up a goal but it's like no defense in that game either yep rask wasn't right the entire game um but ultimately i think it's on the coaches and then from there i mean unfortunately i don't think it mattered who was in net because i think their defense was just going to be a flaw either way um and that hurt you but at the end of the day we've seen other times where you put in a goalie like that they get hot. They stand on their head. They make a few saves, and off you—you know—you're off and running. So, it's fair to question the decision based on the coaching staff. It's not a Rask issue. Rask, he did what he did. He played through a torn labrum. I mean, that's not nothing, right? Yeah. So, you want to criticize him? You really can't this time because he played through it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to be that guy to say, well, I can't believe he did this. Or I've seen many people say, fans, this is—he's uh, selfish for playing in that game. No. I mean, we we pick we, a side. He either yeah.
0: is is a loser who doesn't want to play, or he's a tough guy who went out. Like in this situation, it's not in the players' hands. It's the coach who decides.
1: Yeah, you also and, can't be you also can't be praising other guys for playing through injuries, and then Rask does it, and it's nothing. You know, yeah. you can't you can't have it both sides. So it's this is not again it's not a Rask issue. I think you can question the coaching staff or management or whatever you want to do for saying. What gives us the best chance to win? Because if, if I'm that coach, in five and six, game five and six, Tukaras does not give you the best chance to win. He's hurt. Yeah. I think he wore as the series went longer. In Washington, he was pretty good, you know, against yeah. the Caps, pretty much all the way through. The Islanders, he had his hiccups, um, but they were in the series. And then games five and six, I feel like he just kind of wore as the series went on. And also, your defense was considerably beaten up.
0: Uh, brutal. And, and, but the thing is, though, even as brutal as they were, it wasn't like, oh, man. Like, we saw Pasternak go around. I forget who it was for watching. We saw Postnock make a move, left wing side, little shot fake between the legs, and then, like, went right around the defenseman, right, yeah. right in front. We weren't seeing that. We weren't seeing the decor get beat up, like, beat one-on-one. Positionally, they were always where they needed to be, I felt, blocking shots, doing the things. But it was the decision-making. The decision-making was brutal. There was one, and and even the guys who have been here that we kind of like. I mean, Grizzlick, rebound right in front of the net, swat that thing out to the wing, get it out of there. Instead, he just like starts to skate with it, and he gets his pocket picked, and Paul yeah. Palmieri scores.
1: Well, Grizzlick was by far the worst player on the ice in Game Six. But it dis- he was, he deci- was brutal, and I like Grislik.
0: It's it, it, you know, if a guy gets beat one on one, hey, that happens. Just like hey, it's just he can't handle. It. But it's like the Bruins gave it away. Bruce Cassidy said that we did. We hurt ourselves more than they did. They didn't. They didn't. They they played a really good, solid game, and they just capitalized on all of our mistakes. Is what Bruce Cassidy said, and that's yep. true. Even that's if they up as their decor was, the Bruins still could have won that game and that series, but they didn't because they just made. It started with. Think about that whole series flipped, with that bad pass from Lausanne. It, it really. The difference, I mean, you you go, if you go up 2-0 in that series, it's a completely different series, I think. Um, And really after that, a miracle shot from Brad Marchand is the only game you won the rest of the way after game one where you were able to get in front of them, get them out of their game a little bit, and play your game. Uh, And not get locked down in their five-on-five, you know, their trap. Hmm. After that game, though, you lose Game 2 on a ter- terrible turnover. Aside from Brad Marchand, like, sniping that-, that puck throw, which is credit to him, they won the game. They were getting annihilated in that overtime period. Yeah. The Bruins really didn't deserve to win I mean, they any lost. other game. They didn't deserve to win any other games outside of Game 1. And maybe Game 2 they deserved to win because they had played well. But even still, they gave away a- – they they gave. They needed to, like, come back in the third period So they – when you look at it and say they didn't deserve to win any of the games, Islanders were the better team. And I don't think any of us thought that, that was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also think a key point in this series, I got to figure out when it actually happened again. But I think it was game three. But since uh, once Brandon Carlo went down in that series, that was another turning point. Because yes. for the most part, you know, Carlo has his yips. But I thought he was pretty solid on Matt Barzell. And after he got hurt, Matt Barzell started to kind of sneak through and get some points in the series. Got a couple, you know, leaky goals on Rask. Um, But the bigger, the bigger point is they don't, the Bruins did not clear the front of the net uh, one bit at all, you know? Uh, So they've let guys constantly, game in, game out throughout the series after game two, game three, run in front of the net. Barzell jams one through when, uh, you know, Clifton takes a bad route around the net. In game five, game six, both in front of the net. McAvoy's tied up with someone. Grizzlick stands around and waits for Kyle's uh no, it wasn't Palmary, was Zajac to get the puck and clean it up and put put it past Rask. Con- we saw it constantly. All the Islanders goals, you get a point shot, they don't clear out the net rebound goal. Something within, you know, within the circles, the Islanders were scoring everywhere there because we didn't clear out the front of the net. You know, the Bruins had many chances to knock a guy off the puck get the puck out they turned it over so it's turn between turnovers and d not clearing out the front of the net that was really the difference in the series and i thought you know like i just mentioned really to me one of the turning points This is a good point i I saw is the matt barzal factor he was a non-factor you know carlo had him stapled there for a while carlo goes out Another guy comes in and look out. Barzal's off and running, and the rest of them are obviously the Allens are a good team. So, yeah,
0: they're going to beat you. Um, Pete from Gansett asks um, Was the shock of suddenly playing before a packed house too much for the Bees? I'd say no. I think yeah. that would have manifested itself if you had they're down in New York, hostile environment, and it's like four nothing after one period. And it's like, wow, the crowd is really. And we thought that that could happen. Yeah, you know, I was that was why I was worried about gosh, if we got to go to Swayman in game 6, uh, eh, do we do we really want to start him? Cuz what if that environment's too much for him as a rookie, right? Maybe you start Rask. He's been there before. He's got maybe he's hurt gut it out for a period, Tuka, and then we'll go to the young kid once we've settled into the game. Um I don't think the crowd had a negative effect. I think the crowd certainly had a positive effect on the home teams. Um, yeah, I definitely really think it was too much. Yeah. Uh, home ice is definitely back. Um, I think
1: maybe if the Bruins, if you want to say game one and two, if the Bruins had maybe like four thousand in the stands and then they go to New York in front of a packed house, maybe it affects them a little bit more. But I don't think that's a that's a huge factor. I think honestly, the the problem is the defense, and you know the goalie was hurt, and I'm right. not going to blame Rask, right? But like I said before, they did not give themselves the best chance to win, in my mind, in Game 5 and 6 by putting him in there. Even yeah. with the crowd, like you said. I mean, that could be a factor, right, for Swayman. He's a rookie. He's coming in there. But we've seen guys come in in the series, you know, whether he's a rookie or not. It's not like it's going to ruin his whole career because he played one game. So yeah. I-, I think you can question whether Rask should have been in there for 5 and 6.
0: Now, this is not, not like, um, belly aching. This is kind of more of a problem I have. It's something I've seen now league-wide. Are we just not calling kneeing anymore? Because i got to say, part of the Islanders' strategy was to go after guys, especially Charlie McAvoy, who wound up on the ice at least six times throughout this series mm-hmm. from direct knee-to-knee contact and getting upended. As far as I know, that's a penalty.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, the one, yeah, the one that we saw in Some Game 6. Yeah, the one we saw in Game 6 for McAvoy. Bad. That I don't was think a the Bruins
0: would have won anyways. So this is not like, oh, you call those, the Bruins win. We don't know that. Their power play was also kind of bad at not bad. times yeah. of this not series. Yeah. Um, but just as far as, like, dude, you're putting stars in jeopardy if you're going to let stuff like that go on. um You're putting players in jeopardy. And then not to mention that, a big point in that game, and this is a general, again, league-wide problem I have, replay in the NHL. We could go back as far back as time. If somebody held the puck in the zone for eight minutes, we could go back and review like a previous. Wait, he was offsides by hair. None of the next eight minutes counts. Let's go back in time. We can do that. But a guy elbows a guy in the head, catching him with his, with his shoulder and elbow to the head. To the head. We're all trying to protect the players. He catches him in the head. Player is down. Player is bleeding. No penalty. Can you not at least use your brains, the officials, and say, huh, he's bleeding. I wonder how that happened. Oh, you hit him? Yeah. Penalty. But they either didn't see it or didn't want to call it. Both are bad. I'm not sure which is worse. Um, But the fact that, like, nobody can buzz in and say, whoa, 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 we're trying to clean up the game. Um, He elbowed him really bad. He's bleeding. Has to go to the locker room for, like, seven minutes in a critical game. There's a star, up-and-coming star player. Not that they sh- the stars get pr- treatment, but it just accentuates the point. The leagues are trying to protect their stars. And there's no penalty there. There's no method to say, like, can you look at that? Yeah. So, like, Paul Mary could have taken his stick and gone, ah, to, to, to McAvoy. And if the ref decides not to call it, there's no recourse for fixing that in the game? Yeah. I just got to think, come on, what are we doing?
1: The biggest problem run... with that is it wasn't even near the play. It was after Away the play. They were the play. both kind of skating towards the benches around, you know, close to each other. But not. it's not like they're cross-checking each other or anything. They're both skating off, and he just decides to go shoulder to chin uh, after the play is over. So that, to me, is an automatic two, maybe four. I don't know how you— You're bleeding.
0: You... It's supposed to be yeah. four.
1: Well, McAvoy, I heard him in the exit interviews. He said he had to go for uh concussion test in the locker room. So that's why he was off the ice. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's it's to the head. I thought we were trying to get this stuff kind of, you know,
0: cleaned Out of the up. Game. Yeah. So, hey, it's the way the Islanders played though, and you knew it. Um, we'll see how they handle things going forward. Uh, before we look at the rest of the, the the Stanley Cup playoffs in this series, um, some pressing needs for this Bruins team. I think we've heard Taylor Hall says, "Hey, I've made my money. I want to win." Uh, that's encouraging. If you're the Boston Bruins, call him up right now and uh, get a contract hammered out because getting him back yep. is key, no matter what. Um, that is about guys you want to keep. I take David Krejci back on cheap, and I take Tuka Rask back on the cheap. Uh, something $3 million or below, Colin asks, would you move Rask to a backup if he accepts $3 million or less? I think they split time. If Tuca wants to come back, I mean he's going to be out till January, February, anyways. So maybe you have another vet that you bring there in. Aaron
1: lies the problem. You just mentioned it. And, so and you so, split
0: time when R- Tuca comes back with him and Swayman. But what if um,
1: uh, what if the kid's playing well? This is this is my problem with this whole thing, right? Yeah, I, I I'm not anti ras completely because I think he's a very good goaltender and he has been. But if the kid's playing well and then all of a sudden Ras comes back in, the coach is going to put him in there because he's back, even though Swayman's playing you know, out of his mind, uh, that to True. me just creates a problem. You'd rather so, just have
0: ask be gone and it just never has to even potentially be an issue? You know,
1: there there have been times, you know, last year we mentioned this too, It, it maybe it's just time to move on from him because you're creating this thing. And if Swayman, I also heard Bob Beers, who is, you know, the broadcaster there, former player as well, say that he thinks Swayman might not even start the season on the roster. Nice. So... Yeah, he might. It's going to be Vladar and a and a Vladar and a you know veteran backup, and then Swayman's going to get some more experience in the NHL. And I, I would question why is he a backup right now in the playoffs? That makes zero sense to me. Get yeah. the kids some play time. But but either way, back to back to this whole thing with Ras Yes, I want to you know I would bring him back. I guess on a on a very low deal. But also if the kid's playing well, I just don't see a point in doing it. Especially if you're going to sign a veteran anyway to back up Swayman. So, at at some point in time, Swayman's going to have to be the guy. You're going to have to move on from Rask. That's just the way it works.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think I'd be—I'm more than willing to just say move on. And if it's going to create roster weirdness, um, especially then. uh, If you, like, knew, hey, Tuka's back for two mil, and it hasn't affected our ability to fill out the rest of the roster and be competitive— and we're going to turn the keys over to Swayman here and a veteran. They either split time or it's Swayman's job. Um, and when Tuca comes back, he'll be the backup. And it's good to have that guy in the shoe. Absolutely. Uh, in case sure, Swayman backup, goes, because yep. we've seen that happen in the playoffs. People talk about, oh, putting in the young kid. We've seen it the other way. We're in a playoffs. The young kid is struggling. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, Mark andre Fleury. Guess what? Like you're getting a shot again. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, we've seen the, the older guy uh, kind of come in and save the day. Um, so if he,
1: you know so if you're doing a situation like that, like Colin said, would you bring him up to a, to a backup if he accepts three mil? Sure, but if he's gonna be a backup, not if he's gonna come back and the coach is just gonna say, well, you know two because it, it, it's his net right he's been out for six months it's his net so here we're gonna throw him in there. So if he's an actual backup and they're going maybe one game for one game to give either guy a rest or a break every other day Sure. By all means, you know what? Uh, then you play the better guy in the playoffs, and, and you see what happens if you make it.
0: Yeah. We'll have, obviously, same with uh, the Celtics and, and the Bruins. They have plenty of time to kind of pick through as their off-seasons are just getting going. Um, But most pressing needs for the Bruins right here. We already said Taylor Hall. I think he's number one. Is get Taylor Hall done and signed and back. What's next? Because you have some guys on the roster that you have questions about, you know, about... Keeping them, retaining them. What's their? What are they going to cost? What should be the like top three things Bruins need to achieve in this offseason?
1: Well, they have good cap space, so that's number one. That's good. But you're going to have to pay McAvoy here in the next year. So you got to have to. Unfortunately for the Bruins, they're kind of screwed in their farm system, as far as I understand, uh, based on what I've seen, because they don't have much coming up. So uh, hopefully, you know, Beecher, who is your draft pick from last year, maybe will make you know, headway or or get some AHL experience. But I'm going Hall obviously one. And then you're gonna have to try to find some free agent defenseman. I don't think there's a lot out there. Maybe Seth Jones, but he's gonna make ten million dollars. I don't see yeah. that happening. Um but you have to get some help on the back end. Obviously Kevin Miller's coming off the books and you also have the expansion draft. So don't mm-hmm. forget that. So not that those guys are going to be huge, but you know Nick Ritchie and those guys could be up for that as well. So it's obviously Hall. Krejci I would take back on a minimum deal again. If if that's something similar to. What Rask is getting I would take Krejci back. Sure why not. That line was good overall. If you have Smith Krejci and Hall. For a full season we'll see what it looks like. I like that line. So if he's back for like 3 million. He's not going to make 6. He's not going to make 5 6 7. Because uh, I think Hall. Should get that money personally. and yes. And Hall is another guy that's it's not going to be four or five years. It's going to be three, probably at five and a half, five and three quarters, uh, AV. So if he's willing to take it, um, but that's really the two right now anyway. And then, I mean, you could make a trade. They have chips there, you know, DeBrusque draft pick, whatever you want, uh, to get some help on your lower lines. Cause they got guys coming off and an expansion draft. So they got a lot of work to do here, especially with, From what I have seen, you know, they've brought guys in. Hopefully Studnika is going to be on the roster for the most part and get some experience this year. But other than that, I just don't see what they have coming up. So they're going to have to make some, some type of move to get some help, especially in the back end.
0: Yeah. You got to thread the needle, so to speak. You want to like spend some money to keep guys, but you also got to start getting that farm system back. So that, because look, Think about you know people. I saw a lot of talk about you know the bottom two lines. You look at when the Bruins won the Cup in 2011. Brad Marchand was on the third line with I'm um, with with Mark yeah. Recchi and what Blake Wheeler. I can't even remember who that other forward was. Um, but you had well, it was guys
1: Bergeron with those two. Excuse me. It was Bergeron with those two. You mean an eleven? An eleven. Yeah, it was Bergeron, Recchi, and Marchand. Yeah.
0: Those through the, the line? Okay. But, I mean, Martian, Martian's the type of guy that came up. I mean, it's crazy to think now. It's like 10 years, um, you know, 11 seasons. Um, but you had guys filling in the back end, the, the Merlot line. You know, you yeah. had these Sean Thorntons and Gregory Campbell. I mean, that you need to fill out the bottom of the roster with young guys who are cutting their teeth on the bottom two lines. They're too yeah. good for the AHL. Maybe they're not like a top four, you know, top two line. But they're just they're grinding. You know in and out of the lineup some nights, blah 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 blah. But you have young talent there. There's none right now. Absolutely exactly. none. Lazar uh,
1: is a guy that I, I like. I think he helped that line a lot when he came over in that deal, which was he flew under the radar, right? I mean Taylor Hall was the main piece, but Lazar is another guy that came in and kinda he's a grinder, so he'll play the third fourth line and he'll he'll do a good job. Unfortunately he got hurt, but Yeah.
0: Um Um so Plenty more to dive into for the rest of the the Bruins offseason stuff uh, as it gets going. Uh, The remaining teams, your final four here in the NHL for the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Islanders, obviously. Uh, Tampa Bay, who is just cruising right along. (laughs) 4-2 versus Florida, 4-1 versus Carolina. Nice hard
1: cap in the NHL, right, Tampa?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke. Um, And then Vegas, uh, 4-3 winners over the Wild. 4-2 Four two over the Avalanche. I gotta say, I thought the Avalanche would be a wagon, um, and I know the wheels just kind of came off there in that that Vegas series. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I thought they looked like an unstoppable force. And I know both of those teams that th- I thought that would be a much closer series, but obviously the yeah the wheels came if, off. If you watch
1: the games, it was close, right? But game five, they had a similar Bruins slip up. They they were up two zero and they were dominating the game. They give up two quick ones, went to overtime, and then it's a bounce of the puck in overtime. We know that. So, you know, Stone gets out and and rips one short side on, on uh, Colorado, and then you're down three two, and then you have to go back to Vegas. That was a key key part in that series.
0: Yep. Uh, and then the other team, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they beat the Maple Leafs four <laughs> three. Still, uh, Toronto. Thank you, Toronto. I feel like
1: I feel like Montreal's
0: going to get waxed in this series, and then they beat the the Jets for nothing. Uh, so that that begs the question, Christian: Who first? First, say who you want. Who do you want in the final? Because I want chaos. I want Canadians Islanders.
1: <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Although that that honestly wouldn't be that bad. Um, uh, uh, but who do I'm you? I'm going want? Vegas, and then who whoever. Uh, I I don't like Tampa, and I can't root for the Islanders right now.
0: You're not going to root for the – see, wouldn't you want the Islanders just to have gone on some sort of, like, Cinderella run here and win a cup? And you could say, hey, you know what? We lost. Because as far as losses go for the Bruins, I say this is the most just frustrating because you felt like, God, they really just hurt themselves. It wasn't losing a game to the Blackhawks in a game six and, and maybe choking a game this really felt like they just choked a series away with their own mistakes of all this past 10 years of a, of a championship run for the Bruins. This was the most like, Ew, what? yeah. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you want that team to then go win it? Screw it. At least we lost to the team that won. Or would you rather see Tampa run them off the ice?
1: Talk, talk to me next Sunday. <clears throat> I don't want to see Tampa run them off the ice, but talk to me next Sunday. Cause the, the, the wounds are still, you know, fresh, right? <laughs> so, I don't. I don't want to say I'm going to root for anything to do with the Islanders right now.
0: <laughs> um, so I'm I'm rooting for the Islanders and the Canadians, but uh, if I'm going to be honest, it's going to be Vegas and Tampa. Um,
1: I would think, yeah, and that series should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I hope, and
0: I, and I and I'd probably be rooting for Vegas in that, just because. Oh yeah. I mean, Tampa's already won, and uh, I I I always like to see new champions. Um, so. Uh, crazy for the for the golden knights i mean they get there in their their first year um uh and, and don't win it but for such a young franchise uh to go there and, and get one uh would be good i have to say we didn't mention this on here but we talked about this earlier this week we did a little IG live stuff uh we got to actually watch a game in person christian uh we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, yeah. for, for the listening audience you know we've been doing the show remotely for more than the show's been on pretty <laughs> Like We did like nine yeah, episodes in person, and we're on episode 74, uh, so 65 episodes were, have been done remotely, um, so we're working on getting back live, working out some kinks, figuring out how to do that, best, best practices for doing that, but we got to get together and, and watch a game in person, and I gotta say, the battery on my phone lasted the night because... I my phone wasn't blowing up with texting yeah, you. Yeah. And I felt there was after a point, something happened in the game, and you grabbed your phone, and I was like, are you going to text me right now? Is that just like habit? You were just you just had to go vent The habit me? is, I'm you right know... I'm right here. Vent to me, I'm right here.
1: Yeah, when something bad happens, right? The the, the first thing I do is pick up my phone, and then, you know, seven chain texts, you know, <laughs> rattle rattle off all my thoughts so I can just get it out in the universe to someone, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when I couldn't do that, it was like, okay, then I just looked to my left and start screaming, but regardless, ah! you know. The <laughs> phone lasted, which is, you know, key.
0: But that was that was good. Uh Christian was gracious enough to host. It, it did not go well home. though. It did not go well. And people called us out for that. I said, "You know what? Like I said, Bruins were banged up. I'm I'm going to say that that has less to do with us. It wasn't our fault. Now, if I the next thing we get together for whatever team loses that we're rooting for, then that's a trend. Uh, uh two is two is bad. 3 would be a trend. We're 0-1 yeah. right now. 0-1. Can't go down 0-3. There's no coming back good from start. 0-3. Yeah, there's I no mean, coming back bad. from 0-3. We know that with me shooting the the, the basketball. At your little yeah, bit. Yeah, Once yeah. I fell behind 0-3, there's just no. You're, it, then you you're just shooting gone. your way out of it. Your yeah. mark is smarting it. Um, If I take 800, I'll get back to shooting 50%. Um, so, yeah. So that is that is it for the NHL. If you have other any other NHL questions, drop them in the live stream. We're live every Sunday from 11 till whatever, uh, as long as we get through uh, everything that we wanted uh, to hit on. Uh, and if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can always email the show, the 360 show at gmail.com. Um, NFL news. Um, so the Julio Jones trade went down last week in the middle of the show. Um, now we know the full compensation, blah, 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 all of that. Uh, Christian, you kind of had to give some quick thoughts and then jet last week. But um, – Has your opinion changed? What are your thoughts on the Julio Jones trade? Uh, How it plays out for the Titans here? And if any other teams should have gone out further on a limb to try and go get him? I'm surprised other
1: teams didn't. But my guess is the money was the issue. That's what it sounds like. So um, would I have done it if I'm the Patriots? Yeah, because of the player. But also, how much money do you want to take up for a wide receiver? An injured Uh, wide receiver. Yeah, an injured wide receiver. I can't really... fault the pay i mean i want the good player but also it is what it is um for the titans good move for them their defense still sucks i just don't know how it really does anything for that but um their offense can be better that's for sure i'm just surprised more so than the patriots a team like seattle or one of these other teams that was mentioned um like l.a uh the chargers or yep. one of these other teams that didn't try to take a stab at this guy, but I guess money injury down year with the cap because of COVID and all the other stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is, but the Titans pulled the trigger, right. For just second round pick. It's not like there was much there. So I'm guessing the other teams were turned away by the money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, there's really no getting around that money because so much of it is guaranteed and hard capped. And it's just, you're going to have to pay him something. And guess what? Julio Jones also ain't going to just be like, oh, you know what? I'll just light $30 million on fire yeah, exactly. so I can yeah. play somewhere. No, it ain't, ain't going to happen. Um, So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think good for the Titans. I honestly don't think it probably changes that of where they're going to get. This year, which is they're probably going to be right back where they were, which is, you know, being one of these well-coached teams under Vabel, and they'll get to the playoffs and be in the wild card round, and they could win a game, maybe two, but I don't... Tannehill is a good quarterback. He's he's proven to be very reliable and accurate um, with the ball and, and not turn it over. I don't think he's anything special from an arm talent to really like make a difference with Julio Jones. Now, if you had Pat Mahomes and it's like, Oh, Pat Mahomes, oh, i yeah. just going to huck the ball up. And even if it's not Tyreek Hill running past a guy, Julio Jones can go up and get it. Maybe that's different because the guy could push the ball 80 yards down the field. Ryan Tannehill can't push the ball 80 yards down the field, 60 yards down the field. So I don't, I don't think it changes their trajectory all that much. Um, but hey, no, I agree. Good for them. They're going to sell a lot of jerseys. and wait, doesn't he have that? Oh, I wonder if he's exempt. So the NFL has this thing now because they're letting players change their jerseys, Jersey numbers, like new numbers are available. So I think because he's traded, it's different. But if you are like, say you're on like Kyle Van Noy, right? Uh, Josh Uche is wearing 53. Uh, If he, if Van Noy wants 53 from Uche, I don't know how many Josh Uche jerseys are lying around, but Josh Uche would have to buy out the NFL's stock of 53 Uche jerseys. Yeah, it's insane, insane. So, I mean, Julio—he's being traded, so I guess it's not going to matter because, um, because of that. But there's still other things to consider, other reasons not to light the money on fire. You gotta go. You gotta go buy back your jersey stock. <laughs> um. So I'm still surprised. I thought we'd get the Aaron Rodgers trade this week. Are you are you surprised that this thing still just hasn't gotten done? Because it has to happen. I, I I just think it's just gotten too screwed up. I, I just can't see him coming back and playing for the team, and I don't think he wants to. And so what and I you guess he's not for? playing
1: football because the Packers don't sound like they're in any rush to trade him. So, so that's, they'd rather I'm just Rodgers.
0: eat the money and say, "Screw you, Aaron. We're not trading you somewhere." Hey, all good power for them. To him.
1: Good for them. Why are you going to give the guy what he wants? I mean, he's under contract.
0: Hey, it's just stunning because all of these teams just seem to give uh, the players what yeah. they want. Um, I don't think there's really – yeah, there hasn't really been much update. It's a whole lot of the same. Um, you know, there's players. Just saying like, oh, you know, we like Aaron. What he's going to do, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, there was news, though, on another quarterback potential trade. Uh, I guess, who was it? Kareem Jackson, maybe? Um. Player for the Texans went on, I think it was to Tlaib's podcast, and spilled the beans that Deshaun Watson wants to go to the Broncos. That's, yeah. his, that's his desired landing spot. Dude, I I don't know if I'd be dropping like nuggets where you want to get traded to. How about you work out your court cases first? (laughs) I mean, or or is a nugget like this getting out there evidence that maybe that's drawing closer to some sort of resolution?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I I just think it's like one of those things that just leaks out. I I don't think. uh, Hey, I don't know. I I, I would worry about the same before I worry about my team. But hey, Deshaun Watson is going to Deshaun Watson. So I don't
0: know. I mean, I think personally, Denver's going to be a good team, anyways. If they got Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, they might be my one of my favorites. In especially Rodgers, who's ve- who, could is, who could be very much plug and play. Deshaun Watson, you have no idea. I mean, yeah, especially what he's gone through this past year and then coming to a new team, new system, new everything. I think Aaron Rodgers kind of is. He's Aaron Rodgers. They that that Denver team has a lot of offensive talent. They have a good defense. Mile high, we see how far Rodgers could throw the ball to begin with. Now he's playing in mile high eight, nine games out of the year. He the ball 100 yards. Yeah. Um. So that would be an interesting spot for Rodgers, I think, too. Uh. I think if they got him, if the, if the Broncos got Deshaun, uh, excuse me, if the Broncos got Aaron Rodgers, I think I would have them as my favorites in the AFC. Team to beat.
1: I don't know if they're there on defense, but they'd be they'd be in the conversation for sure.
0: In the same division with Kansas City, so they're going to be matching up. And if they get the better of that, now they're the home team. Kansas City's going to be a wild card team. Kansas City, Super Bowl hangover. You know, we don't know what the Chiefs are going to be this year. Um, because is we felt like they kind of cruised through points of last year. Hey, we know what we are. We get to the playoffs, you know, we'll turn it on. And they, like, got away with that in a couple of games. And then they obviously didn't get away with that in the Super Bowl. um, And just kind of looked, I don't know, worn out, worn down, tired, bored, I don't know. Uh, and then get punched in the mouth and didn't know how to respond. This could be the real hangover year where... Yes, you got Pat Mahomes, but if you go, if you go ten and six or ten and seven or eleven and six, whatever, and if a Broncos team has Aaron Rodgers, now you're playing on the road instead of in Arrowhead, where you have a tremendous advantage. So that's where I would
1: play. Put... Well, lucky for them, the Aaron Rodgers is still in the Packers. So
0: lucky for them, and uh, also
1: they're, they're they'll be fine. Chiefs Chiefs will be back in the thick of things this year.
0: Not making the Super Bowl, I'll say it right now.
1: Okay, well, yeah, maybe. But, like, how hard is it to go back three times in a row?
0: Very hard. Three times. Is the last team to go back Buffalo, right, probably? Probably, yeah. Because the Patriots went. Oh, no, wait. Patriots went in. Ugh, do it. It's so hard now. 16, 17, 18, right? Yeah, Yes. that's right. Yeah. So three times in a row. Not easy. It's hard. It's hard to keep. <laughs> we forget the the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, goodness. Um, speaking of the New England Patriots, um, I posed to you the question uh, on Wednesday because there's reports. You know, some people say, "Oh, no, Mac Jones is uh, he's the fourth guy right now the <laughs> depth chart." Um, what's the worst scenario? Mac Jones doesn't play at all this year. Just they just don't want to. They don't want to take him out of the box yet. Mac Jones plays and is terrible. Or Mac Jones doesn't play, but Brian Hoyer's your starter all year and is terrible. Pick.
1: Worst case for me is that Jones doesn't play all year.
0: No matter what the reason. What if he doesn't well, play because uh, he's terrible? And the I coaches mean, are Then, playing uh, then that is.
1: I mean that, that is what it is. But uh, if Cam Newton's hurt and Mac Jones. He was advertised as he can be, uh, he'll be ready to play. And there's varying reports whether he's getting, you know, whether he's doing well in camp. Some say he's not going to play at all. Others still say he'll be there week five, week four, week whatever, week one. Uh, So I have no idea what the hell they're doing over there. But uh, if Newton's injured and they start Sidham or Hoyer, I'll be worried. Yeah. Because that means Mac Jones is not ready or he can't play or there's something going on there.
0: Yeah, I mean. I think Mac should be the backup this year, uh, and if Cam were to go down, Mac should get a shot. You know, I'm not ready to just throw him to the wolves week one. Uh, I wouldn't have been ready to do that with any of these young quarterbacks, as I think you had Cam on obviously cheap money, and I think just for like the to start this year, Cam since he was here last year, would give you the best chance to win early in the season to start, and if it goes well, it has the potential to go really well short term just this year. Going forward, by year two, Mac Jones better be the starter um, for where you took him. Um, yeah. Yeah, if Cam's struggling or hurt and Mac's not starting, that's Gotta probably. Gotta be, yeah. Now, I will say this, though. If, you know, it's so hard to judge, you know, guys. Now, Mac's supposed to be this great competitor. Practice is supposed to be where he's winning it. But we've seen guys like Jimmy Garoppolo absolutely suck in practice and then get into the game and play really well. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty inept uh, in preseason, his rookie year. And then he was like a darling in the games, uh, you know, once he got into the right. games. Practice left a lot to be desired. Balls hitting the ground, missing guys. Get into the game, got the rhythm going, lights are on, a little juiced up. Yeah. Jimmy got going. So, luckily, we'll get some preseason games this year to get to. St- we'll- we will see Mac Jones. Um, if it looks bad, though. What do you do? Preseason game number one. All right, Cam Newton in the offense. Come out onto the field. You know, they run for a quarter. Uh, and then here, second quarter comes, and uh, in comes Stidham. All right. Ah, okay, yeah, give him a shot. Okay. Fourth quarter comes. Oh, in comes Brian Hoyer. Why we don't see Mac Jones till like, fourth quarter of preseason game number three. It wouldn't shock me. I'd be Stunned and disappointed. He'll, he'll be. He'll get in at
1: some point during the preseason. There's he no will. Doubt.
0: But what's the context of it going to be? If it's like that, like oh, fourth. If he's out there with the guys who aren't going to have jobs in a week when cuts come, I'd be worried. Anybody that's on the field in that situation, you know, it's like this guy's like a veteran. He shouldn't be on the field right now. Like, ugh. yeah. Um, I
1: don't know. Bill's playing possum. That's what it is, right. Smartest guy in the room.
0: We'll 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 find out. Um a lot of other stuff, you know, we'll kind of cut through this stuff quick going on in, the, in in the sports world, but Christian, I'll let you I'll let you kind of take the lead here with the with the French open. We, we talked, I think we hit on a little bit last week with uh, uh, Osaka stepping away doing the you know, taking the the mental health leave, which I thought if, hey, anybody dealing with mental health stuff, choosing yourself and helping yourself and doing what's right for you uh, is incredibly important. doesn't matter what you do for work or a living. Um, so she initially wanted to like, not talk to the media as a, as a way to bring awareness and then it uh, spiraled out of control and then she chose to do the right thing for herself. Um, the tennis thereafter has been obviously compelling and awesome. I mean, I love seeing, uh, Nadal and Federer get to, to duke it out. Um, uh, but, uh, I'll let you go ahead here and kind of run, run us down where we stand today. Uh, and, uh, yeah, what's the big news? I'm going to
1: I mean I'm going to absolutely butcher this name but and I apologize. Krechikova, I think? Krechikova, is that? That I mean, sounds it's right. Not right? and then Krechikova so uh is she won the double tournament at the French Open and then she went on to win the the, the Grand Slam. So uh or not the Grand Slam, the the, the major. Um yep. but to do that for the first time, uh, the first woman to do that since 2016, since Serena. So, obviously, in good company there. She completed the sweep, double singles, and uh, wrapped up the weekend there. And then, obviously, uh, Djokovic beat Nadal um, pretty close, I would say, but it was four sets. And obviously, he came through. And I may butcher this one too. Sitsipas, I think, is what it is. Uh, he. Is up two sets now against Djokovic, but Djokovic is now coming back. So
0: Oh, that's happening right now. Live. Yeah, it's happening right as now. As we speak. So, so,
1: so Djokovic is just taking, uh, taking hold of the fourth set, and Sitsipas is up two sets to one now. So Sitsipas. it's probably
0: going to go five, but who knows. So that, that's worth tuning in for. As soon as we wrap up here, flip on over to that. Um, last thing I wanted to hit on, uh, Pete from Gansett also sent us an email on this throughout the week. Um he says, 10,000 volunteers at the Olympics in Japan said they would no longer be working. And the IOC says if the games get postponed again, they will cancel completely. Are these Olympics going to happen? It's a tough question to answer because all of the diplomats are like, well, yes, 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 yes. We're still we're carrying on. Yes. You know, President Biden this week saying his support for the Olympics, because there's also yep. been talk about the other Olympics that are going to be happening in China and calling them the the genocide game. So, like, the IOC is dealing with tons of just PR, you know, a nightmare. nightmare. Um, so to have like an Olympics not happen too, and then the attention immediately be turned away from Tokyo to this the China problem yeah, um, that they're facing. Uh, would be bad for them. So they're trying. I feel like the IOC is very much NFLing this. Like, we're steaming ahead. Um, if more people drop out to not work, like, the whole country of Japan doesn't want this, pretty much. Yeah. Usually the host city is always, like, ambivalent. They're like, eh, do we want, like, the the, the just the crush of people and all the infrastructure gets built and then left and it's dilapidated and it, it usually leaves a recession in its wake. It's good for, like... Right. That short bit, and then, and then it all gets you know the back end of that wave is is a pretty deep trough. Um, maybe not so for Japan, but when you see where they go to like places like Brazil and more of these fringy developing nations, um, it you know, uh, it it it's bad. Even in Russia, when they sochi like they displaced families to yeah. build stuff, it's not good. Um, so. Usually the area doesn't like it. The whole country of Japan is against it because of they've got a variant now there and more. I think they're back to a state of emergency still. It's like all over. Yeah. Oh, boy. That being said, should it happen? Probably not. Will it happen? I think so. It sounds like it. at this <laughs> They'll point. ram it through. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like if they don't have people to work. I don't know how you're going to do it. Well, yeah,
1: that would be the biggest question, how it'll look. But at the end of the day, I feel like they've been going on and on about how, yes, it's happening, yes, it's happening. I feel like eventually here, it's just going to happen. I mean, we're already mid-June. So whether it's uh, a good idea or not, which you could make the argument for, uh, it's probably not a great idea, especially if people are walking out. Um, It probably wasn't a good idea before, just based on everything going on. Uh, You know, it's not like everybody is in the same situation that the U.S. is or another country. It, it It's all different around the world right now. So it sounds like it shouldn't happen, but uh, at the end of the day, it certainly seems like it will, just based on that's the only way they're going right now. Yeah. So
0: Well, at this point, it's like they have no choice but to try and push forward because if you were just canceled a year ago, yes, were you going to be in the hole? But now the hole's way deeper. And guess what? You cancel, you lose all the TV revenue. Yeah. And that is going to be a whole lot of wasted resources. Holy cow. Because um, the Olympics are a monster, you know, from a yeah. broadcast standpoint. People watch all of it. People get upset. I know people who aren't sports, big sports people, but the Olympics come around and they're like glued to the television for two weeks. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> we will see yeah. what happens. Um, I don't think it should happen. Because if you're gonna have people walking away, it's just gonna not be a good situation. But your whole country doesn't want it; it'll happen. Don't know what it'll look like, but it'll happen. Uh, last note on this though, because this, these are the summer games. Um, did you see Simone Biles this this past week? Yes. Insane. Yes, I did. Let me let me pull. Let me see if I can pull pull this up. Uh, can you even? <laughs> I don't even know if you could describe just. It's almost not fair, and I know there's people that say that. They're like, um, you know, what she does isn't fair because nobody else can do it. It's like, how about you just give the respect? Yes, it isn't fair, but the the girl's amazing. I can't even fathom. She also
1: puts in the work. Like, let's not, like, discredit. I mean, like, yeah, nobody else can do it, so maybe it's not fair. She puts in the work, and, uh, yeah, it's oh. just insane what she can do.
0: Oh, this one's in slow motion. It doesn't even look real. Let me pull this up. So, so people watching the live stream, you know what? We'll, uh, oh, volume. We'll we'll tweet this out from the the sports shows page. Uh, we'll we'll give it the retweet. Um, but let me just pull this up right now. This was the move she pulled off that nobody had attempted previously. And, and and I'll play it in slow motion. Let me make sure I got this pulled up fully here. Let's hide the caption. We don't need the caption. Here we go. So you don't need to see us. Just, just watch this. This is just here. She goes, fling, and off the back foot. And this is in slow motion. I mean, the fact that somebody can physically do this, I think it's like look how high in the air she is. It's like four twists and three turns. I mean, doesn't like at this point she's just levitating. She's just spinning, levitating, and at this point I'm like, oh, she's gonna like destroy her face. Nope. Legs come down, lands, stuck it. Like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? I said this earlier. I, I said this earlier in the week. Uh, and I saw other people saying, like, similar similar things. Uh, I will never be uh, as accomplished or good at anything that she is at gymnastics. Yes. It's just, it's just insane.
0: Sick. So hopefully the Olympics happen so we can see her because you know she's got more in the bag. If this, if she's pulling this out for like, you know, just the U.S. like qualifying uh, type stuff. Actually, why does it say 2000? Oh, no, this is just, the, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, she it's, she she's just sick. Absolutely sick. Where's the one? Actually, that was, that was an old one. So that was an old one. Where's the one that I just saw? Oh, maybe this is it. Yeah, this is the one. That wasn't even the best one. That was not even the best. That was an old one. Here's the one. That was one. pretty good. I mean, jeez. Here's the one. This is this this is crazy. We'll tweet this one out too. This was one that nobody in the world had like ever done. The broadcaster was like, no one has ever attempted this. And at first I'm like, you always hear that, and you're like, uh oh. Um, but I was like, oh, this girl's gonna stick this because Simone <laughs> it's, it's Biles. And like, I can't even like again like the fact that she can do it is I mean, boing. <laughs> like what? Just
1: ridiculous, yeah.
0: What? I think they gotta have a replay. This is just her whole run. So let's let's just watch that again. And where she takes off right here, like this is just sick.
1: Look how high she gets in the air too. Oh my
0: god, unbelievable. So yeah, hopefully we get the Olympics because you know she's got more in the back pocket to 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 bring to the stage. Holy cow! And I agree with that sentiment. I'll never be as good at anything that she has, as as g- is at gymnastics. Oh my goodness! Yeah, just we'll, ridiculous. We'll we'll be tweeting this out for those of you you know listening. You know, if you're on the podcast, just head over to at three hundred and sixty Sports Show. We'll have tweeted this out for you to to see for yourselves. Um, a ridiculous athlete fantastic. and gymnast. So that is going to do it for the show. Thank you to those who tuned in here with the live program. We start at eleven a.m. Every single Sunday here, and uh, we uh, we run through uh, the biggest stories from the past week in sports. So, Christian, good to see you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your beautiful day. It's hot out there. Um, but uh, hey, summertime's here, baby. I gotta we're, go we're, get we're,
1: some we're... vitamin D. I need some color out there. I gotta get some vitamin D. I'm like, Yeah, you don't want
0: to twist an ankle like Gordon. I'm Hayward. still in
1: my winter months right now. Yeah. I look like I've been inside a lot. Yeah. Which I, I have, but quite the opposite. To be fair, yeah.
0: All right, that'll do it for us, folks. I'm...